Well, lockdown is beginning to ease a little bit, so I've invited my mate Brian over, and he's come over for a beer. Uh, in fact, Brian, you've nearly finished yours. Oh, mate. I have. I've, um... but you've got to cycle home, so we won't yeah, get I should you be too fine. drunk. Yeah, jolly Thank good. You. And I thought I'd have a chat with him about um, how lockdown's been. Now, obviously, we've got a social distance, so here's the tape measure. Uh, set at two meters. Brian, your feet are getting a little bit close. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, don't, want to give, don't want to give you a foot and mouth. No, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so we're doing it right. But I wanted to ask Brian um, some questions about lockdown and in particular this whole social distancing thing because you guys at NCC, you know, Brian's probably the huggiest person in the church, are you Brian? Uh, yeah, I, I would probably say I am. I like a hug. You like a hug. Yeah. So what has this whole two meters thing meant to you um well no hug no hug <laughs> <laughs> for, yeah for sure <laughs> for sure um, no it's all right um it it is quite frustrating not to hug people but yeah. you know i'm guessing the people that don't actually like my hugs are grateful they're, for they're me they're very not, happy they're very happy yeah <laughs> Well, um, you may or may not know that Brian has been furloughed from his job, um, but he's been volunteering with the Make Lunch crew. Is that right, Brian? That is indeed correct. What have you been doing with them? Uh, okay, so we do Tuesdays and Fridays. Uh, when I say we, I mean Charlotte and I as a household. Uh, and Helen's been down there as well from time to time. Uh, and uh, on a Friday, we check stock in. And then on the Tuesday, that's the big the day. The Tuesday, what, Tuesday's, Tuesday's the big Thursdays, day. Tuesday's Tuesday the, for you. is yeah. the big day for me. Um, so we go down to the secret location and um, we prep the boxes up. Um, and in the box, we'll have a list of things to put in there from whatever's come in. We don't always know what we're going to get in. So that goes into the boxes and yep. then you have to go out and deliver. And then we, uh, when I say we, I mean Charlotte and I. Oh, Yes, we go out and we deliver to um, five of the people that are on the list of people yeah. to receive things. Now, I, I delivered something to somebody in the church the other day, um, near the beginning of lockdown, and I found that really hard. It's somebody I knew, yep. and we were giving them something just to bless them. And I just found it so hard. I, I nearly forgot to step away from the door. Uh, and, you know, I, I saw the family, they came to the door. And I don't know about you, Brian, but I wanted to give them a hug. So how, yeah. is, it, how is it with you when you deliver the stuff? It's in a really emotional roller coaster, I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, what does this two meter distance mean when you're doing that? So basically we would normally telephone the person, potentially have to ring the bell or knock on the door, depending. Um, and then we leave the box on the doorstep we step back to the appropriate distance. Obviously, we don't have a tape measure, but no. <laughs> we kind of work it out. And um, then you go through with person, check that they're okay, how are they doing? Is there anything they do or don't need? Um, is there anything we can help out with them, make check up on their well-being? Um, and um, then poodle off to the next one. Yeah, so I suppose that box which you're putting on their doorstep, that's the only way you can kind of reach out and touch them, isn't it? It is, it is. It's, um, it's a very practical way of, of um, showing Jesus' love in the area, I guess. That's just the love of God reaching out to people, Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, Brian, that's such good news. Yeah. Bless you, mate. Supply Cheers. and demand from the man upstairs. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Cheers, and mate. Thank you, Brian. Bless Take you. Take care, folks. Have a good one. Cheers.
Are you finding social distancing hard? Are you missing that physical touch with loved ones and friends? Does God understand that? Well, absolutely. God made us so he could be close to us, so that we could be family. But do you know at the beginning we messed up? And as a result, there's a gulf between us that's far wider than that two metres social distancing we have to observe. Jesus came to bridge that gap, to bring us out of lockdown and to restore the closeness. Ultimately, God will dwell with man and there will be no more pain, death or sorrow. In the meantime, we're together in the spirit. Let's hear from the Apostle Paul and his letter to the Roman church on how we're not just close to God, but part of his family in the spirit. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemns sin in sinful man, in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the spirit. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires, but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the spirit if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it's not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you receive the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. Jesus came in the flesh. Do you get how big a deal that really is? God breaks through from the heavens into the world. And he's done that before. We can read of, of so-called Christophanies in the Old Testament, but only in limited ways. 
This time it's a full-on coming to earth as man, born of a woman, growing from a baby to a child and then into a man, living the life in the flesh and in the spirit. Jesus is our model of how to be close to God and to each other. But since messing up at the beginning and putting that gulf between us, between ourselves and God, mankind has lived in the flesh. That really means we've been living our way, thinking we can have it all, conquer it all. The Bible's Old Testament catalogues all of man's mistakes. The fall in the garden right at the start of time. The flood which Noah and his family survived. Man's ingenuity in the Tower of Babel and the story of God's people, Israel, leading eventually to exile, all failures. Now, if the problem was in the flesh, that's where God has to deal with it. From our reading in Romans 8, verses 3 and 4 say, For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. In order to bridge that gap, God had to come to us. You know, Jesus was also called Emmanuel. You may have heard that at Christmas. That name means God with us. Our rejection in favour of our own ways was addressed by Jesus, the man, living a life fully accepting God as Father, yet paying the price due to us, eternal death. Jesus, God's Son, was raised from death, restoring his eternal life and ours too, if we will choose to live like him and to follow him. So it's a bit of one of those deal or no deal questions. Jesus lived God's way, a life lived by the Spirit. And in spite of temptation to put himself first, he put being obedient to his Father God above personal discomfort or desire. We also have a choice. And that choice will reflect in the outcomes of our lives, just as it did for Jesus. Let's look at the two sides of that deal. So as we look at this slide then, we can see the comparison between living by the flesh and living by the spirit. And there's references there too. If we live by the flesh, we fulfill our fleshly desires. Living by the spirit, we fulfill spiritual desires. Living by the flesh, there's death in the mind. But living by the spirit, it comes alive living by the flesh, and we're hostile to God, and we can never please him. Living by the Spirit, God lives in us, and so pleasing him is immediately obvious. And of course, living by the flesh leads to death due to sin, whereas living by the Spirit, we are raised with Christ to righteousness. And those final outcomes are, are pretty, pretty intense as well. Death or life. Death at this moment in time, while we're still here on earth, means our, we're slaves to sin and we're obliged to live for the flesh. Whereas the life we have now, we're sons, sons of God. And we live for the Spirit. And we're those 
who yearn for God and cry, Daddy, knowing him as Father. So the Spirit lives in us then. And Paul's message is that through the Holy Spirit living within, we are always close to God. Being within, he's not distant. There's no two-metre rule. Romans 8.16 says, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirits that we are God's children. We could and should keep in touch with the Spirit through whichever love language we, we have with God, whether that's worship, prayer, reading the Bible, meditation, praying in tongues. We can come close to God because he's within and know his love close at hand. Yet there's still a challenge in how we get close to others in these times of lockdown. Let's see a couple of videos and see how people have expressed love by showing that those near them are still part of the church or even part of our community. We're still family. Right, so I've been busy um, through lockdown. Um, there was a call went out from Addenbrooke that they needed scrub bags for the nurses there to take their uniforms off at work and put, put, put them in these cotton bags. So, and then when they came home, they went straight in the washing machine. Um, so there was no germ spread anywhere, hopefully. Um, so that kept me busy. I think um, the group that made them were from Iceland and a few from other villages. And I think we made over a thousand in the end. So, um, and we had some lovely letters back from nurses to say thank you and an NHS badge. So that was really nice um, to know they were appreciated. Um, and then um, I've still got my trusty machine out. So I decided then to try and make masks, not for hospitals, but for family and friends, people that needed them. So um, I made, uh, started to make them firstly out of um, an old quilt cover and then I went on to find some nice material to make them um, out of different materials. So um, yeah, no, it's been really good. It's kept me busy and yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Over the last 30 years, there can't be very many babies that I haven't knitted for in the church. And being in lockdown, I thought, how am I going to get these things to people? How am, how am I going to... There is a postal service. We have the technology. So I thought, right, fine. First thing to do, find a pattern. Ravelry, my favourite go-to, had this lovely little seesaw cardigan, which I absolutely adore. This is a free pattern, so I don't mind showing you. And then after that, I've got to find the wool. Now, thankfully, I have <coughs> a yarn stash which is over in this corner. These are my um, hanks and skeins. This is arrow weight, but this is all pure wool, which is not very sensible to use for a baby. You need something you can chuck in the washing machine. So this is double knitting and this, perfect. Just nice for a baby. Chuck it in the washing machine. Just what you want. Well, the cardigan's all knitted now, and now you have to sort out what buttons you're going to use. Oh, these cats are cute, but they are too big, right? so I can't use those. The ladybirds are nice, but I need three, not two, so that's no good. Trucks are fun, too big. 
hearts and flowers too small but the cars are just about the right size and I have a red and a yellow one as well so they'll be perfect. Cardigan is all done, buttons are on, it looks lovely. Tony's going to be doing a flyby while he's out on one of his weekly shops so he's going to drop it on the doorstep knock on the door and do a socially distant, here's your Prezi thing. So, hooray, I've not missed a baby yet. So then, if the spirit lives in us, how much closer to God can you get? Well, none, you are as close as you can be. And if we're all children, what's our response? Well, as we saw in the passage, we call God daddy. A good dad knows his kids and what they need and takes care of them wherever they are. Let's hear a testimony. This one's from Julie Rose of how that worked for her, how God kept her close and found her place. So most of you probably know that we are an American military family and being a military family um, definitely presents unique challenges and situations, um, particularly for feeling alone and feeling like you don't belong anywhere. Um, just having to start over again is uh, difficult. And I'm a people person and I need my people around me um, to feel like I'm succeeding at life, I guess. Um, I need people. So uh, when I first married um, Will, my husband, and I moved to a new place, I started graduate school. And that kind of came with a built-in community anytime you're in um, you know, a university type setting. Um, so then after I graduated, um, and even though we were military, it was all my friends that moved away because we stayed in the same place. Um, everyone else graduated and moved off. Uh, and I found myself not sure how to start over um, and make friends. And I was kind of in a lonely season. Um, and then I became a mom, which made me even more of a lonely season. <laughs> mom of twins. Um, and so I started, you know, praying that God would find, help me find friends, help me find people. Um, and I started going to a group called Moms Like Me at my church. And I actually ended up finding some other military wife friends. Um, it wasn't a military specific group, but that's just who I happened to make friends with there. So, you know, they, they understood my lifestyle um, as well. And that helped. And I built this really beautiful community of women and families around me um, that I belonged to um, and made me feel uh, known. Um, and so then we got orders to Italy, which um, was, of course, really exciting. And we had been trying to get orders specifically overseas just, you know, for the adventure. Um, and it was exciting, but it was also terrifying because... I was going to have to start over. I finally had this, you know, grown up community of people that wasn't just because I went to school with them or what have you. Um, and I was going to have to leave them. So I started praying, um, that God would just help me find that one person, just that one person in Italy, just that one friend, um, that could, could be my new bestie. And so we moved and it was hard. Um, but then when I, you know, while in, I started looking around and I realized I had that person I had. And then 
I had another person and then I had another one. Um, and pretty soon I realized that God had answered their prayer, not just with one good friend that's become a lifelong friend now, even though we've, they've moved on, we've moved on, um, but a whole community of people around me through the Bible study I went to, um, on at the chapel on base through the community theater that I was part of. Um, I had this beautiful community and I was so grateful for that. Um, and I will never not be grateful for that. So then we got orders again, as happens, and we were coming to England, which is like a dream come true. We, this was this had been our top choice for coming overseas in the first place. And so we were super excited about it, um, even though it meant more years away from our family. And once again, starting over um, with no one, without my tribe of people that I built around me. But this time my prayers were a little bit different. Um, I knew that God had answered that prayer a couple of times now. He'd helped me find my mom friends, then he'd helped me again in Italy. And so my prayers were different. And I started praying, you know, God, I know you've gone before me. I know you have made a place for me um, and my family. Um, and I know that you will help me find my people. And so instead of asking if maybe I could have one, I just prayed the truth that I knew that it was going to happen, that I was going to have my belonging and my place to be. Um, so fast forward, we come to Italy Italy. We come to England and I, once we knew we were going to be living in Exning, I started looking for a church. Um, and I found NCC almost right away in my internet search. And I was like, pretty sure that I would like it. Um, just, I mean, it's hard to tell on paper, but I was pretty sure it seemed like, you know, reading through statement, statement of faith and stuff that it would, it would line up with something that I would like. And, uh, it took me a while to get out of my comfort zone and actually go, it's very intimidating. <laughs> um, so one Sunday I finally decided I was going to do it. I was going to get up. I was going to go. And I was going to go to NCC. And then at the last minute, like I was ready to go, like getting in the car, decided to go to the lighthouse instead. Um, but I'm grateful I did that because even though it was a wonderful service, wonderful church, uh, but I needed to have experienced something other than just NCC. That When I found NCC, I think I could say you know, that I had, that I wasn't settling, that this, that, you know, that I had tried something else too. Um, so then the next week I did go to NCC and it happened to be the Sunday that Jan and Tony were doing their like vow renewal, um, service. And so everybody was fancy and had fascinators. And I was like, oh, these are my people. Uh, <laughs> then I realized that it was like a special occasion, but still I felt so welcomed. You know, I was coming into the church on maybe an awkward Sunday to be a visitor. Um, and yet I felt so loved and welcomed right away. And then it took me a while, I think to come, life kind of got in the way and it, it took me a while, a few weeks before I came back again. But the first few times I came, um, we had women preaching, which for me was a big deal. Um, I finally got to hear Tony preach eventually, which was great too. And then, but then I just, people would welcome me every time they remembered me and my kids and, you know, other families reached out to me. And now I have my England besties that came from NCC. And I really feel like NCC is a place that God had me for me. Um, that it's, it is, I have such a sense of belonging there already, even only having attended a few months and then now going into lockdown and not being able to see all of you. I've actually gotten to know several of you in a even deeper um, through this. And it's just, 
it definitely feels like God's way of giving me a big hug um, by saying, here, this is pretty, this is your sense of belonging. This is where you go. This is your people. This is where you belong. But how does this all come about? How do I get adopted? How can I become a member of God's family? You know, by reading this particular passage, we've jumped into the middle of Paul's great exposition of salvation through faith in Jesus. If you've no idea what that means, if that's just jargon, you really should go back to the Bible and start taking a good serious look at what it's talking about. But just for now, let's see what Paul says in chapter 3 of Romans. So chapter 3, verse 22 to 25, he says, This righteousness is given through faith in Christ Jesus to all who believe. There's no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. God's gift of righteousness and acceptance into his family as children of God comes through faith in Jesus, being in Christ Jesus, as he says in the opening verse of today's reading. How do we respond? Well, let's go back again to the Bible and the book of Acts and Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, which we've celebrated recently. On hearing Peter explain what was happening at that time, God pouring out his spirit and the judgment that was to come, the crowd asked, what must we do to be saved? And Peter answered like this. So in Acts 2, 38 and 39, he says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for all of you who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. So there you are. To live by the Spirit, you need the Spirit living within. To receive the Spirit, you need to turn your life around. That's what we call repent. Asking God for forgiveness and going your way, not his way. That's dealing with sin. And then to show you're serious, to get baptized. It's a clear sign. It's a response that you can make physically and a clear sign of your willingness to obey God and be led by the Spirit. So is that for you? Do you live by the flesh or by the Spirit? Do you want to choose death or life? Do you want to know God closely, so close he can hug you? I'm going to pray. And if you want to make a change, pray with me and say amen. Then take the next step and let me know by sending a, a personal message to our Facebook page where you're watching this or an email to the church on admin at newmarketcommunitychurch.co. UK and someone will get back to you to talk you through that decision to explain and expand a lot more. We'd love to hear from you and when restrictions are relaxed to meet up, to pray, to talk and organise baptism as well. So 
So I'm going to pray. Father God, I realize that I've just been going my way. I've been trying to have it all, do it all, know it all, be it all. But without you, that's hollow. Without you, that ends. That ends when my life ends. But with you, that's fullness. Fullness of love and joy of knowing you inside and within. Being close, walking in step with you day by day. And that's what I want. So, Father God, I turn away from my way and turn to your way. I put my faith in Jesus, your son. And I promise I'm going to follow him and do things your way as he showed. Help me. Send your Holy Spirit to live within that I might want to live your way and know you closely as Daddy. Thank you, Lord. Amen.